You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. God always looks upon the heart. God knows the hearts of man. You may be failing constantly. I fail every day, sometimes twice a day. If I fail twice a day, I had a good day, sometimes more than that. You may be struggling with a certain sin in your life. Where's your heart? Is your heart towards God, or are you seeking deliverance from this problem through God? Are you confessing to God, I have this problem, Lord? As we discuss the man on Sunday when he says, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Are there areas where you feel like you're failing? As you listen to Pastor Dave today, he'll remind you that it's okay to fail. God knows you. He knows your heart. When you feel like you're falling short, remember you have a God who loves you and is with you. Give your shortcomings back to him and let him lead. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of 1 Kings chapter 9 with today's edition of A Sure Hope. You are we are in 1 Kings chapter 9. We will begin there. 1 Kings chapter 9. If you remember, well, we need to pray. Let's pray first. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for this, um, this time we have in your word. We thank you, Lord, that you've given us your word, that we can look at it and we can glean from it all that you would like to show us and tell us. We thank you, Lord, that you are a great and mighty and awesome God. You are wonderful to us, and you are just uh, beautiful to us. And so thank you, Lord, and and. I just thank you, Lord, for your love and your mercy, Father. So I ask, Lord, that you would bless this time in your word, and I ask, Lord, that you would just pour your love out upon us as we look to you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for those in ministry who work so hard and those who do so many things, Father God. I just love you, Lord, and I just thank you, Father, for all you continue to do here at Calvary Chapel. Bless this time in your word, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so at the beginning of Solomon's reign... We read in 1 Kings chapter 3 that the Lord appeared to Solomon. He was making sacrifices at Gibeon, which was where the tabernacle was at the time. And the Lord appeared to Solomon, and he basically asked him one question. Ask me whatever you want. He gave Solomon the permission to ask him whatever he wanted to ask. We had a great study on this. And I posed the question, what would you ask for? If the Lord came to you this evening and spoke to your heart and said, ask me whatever you want, what would you ask for? Solomon asked for wisdom. He asked for wisdom and understanding that he might govern over the people of God. When he asked this, this request pleased the Lord. It pleased God because Solomon didn't ask for riches. He didn't ask for the life of his enemies. He didn't ask for fame or fortune. He didn't ask for any of that. He asked for wisdom, that he might be the ruler that the Lord would want him to be. 
I think we can all learn something from this, is that we need to ask God what's on his heart. And what, what Kathy said is true, that the world would be saved. What a wonderful place it would be if everybody came to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. What a wonderful thing it would be if, if, if everybody came to know Christ as Savior. That is certainly on God's list. But when we go before the Lord, we need to, what do you want us to ask for, Lord? The Holy Spirit knows in your heart what you're going to ask beforehand. Solomon asked for wisdom. He asked for understanding. The Lord, in turn, said that because you have asked that you might just have wisdom and understanding, I'm going to give it to you, just as you asked. But I'm also going to give you more than that. I'm going to give you honor and fame and riches in all abundance. So not only did Solomon get this incredible wisdom and understanding, but he got everything else too. And you know where we're going with this. And this is basically right out of Matthew 6. Seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added. And that's what it says. So 24 years have now passed. 24 years have now passed since Solomon had spoken to the Lord. He has completed the temple. It took him seven years to complete the temple. He has completed his own palace. It took him another 13 years to complete his own palace. So this 20-year building project is over, and the Lord is now appearing unto Solomon, who has gained great fame and stature and notoriety. His fame had gone throughout the world, and people all over the world are coming to him now because of his great wisdom, because it has been talked about everywhere. So as we get to chapter 9, we have to remember that the temple is completed. The dedication has taken place. Solomon has prayed this beautiful prayer that we studied for the people. He prayed to God, and now he's sitting before the Lord, and the Lord is going to appear to him another time. The Lord is going to reappear to Solomon one more time. Let's read verses 1 and 2 in chapter 9. And it came to pass when Solomon had finished building the house of the Lord and the king's house and all Solomon's desire which he wanted to do, that the Lord appeared to Solomon the second time as he had appeared to him at Gibeon. It's interesting now that 24 years had passed and elapsed since Solomon heard from the Lord. 24 years had passed since Solomon had heard from the Lord. Now, I know some of you, if you don't feel like you hear from the Lord every hour, you become schizo. Solomon went 24 years without hearing from the Lord. What can we learn from this? I believe what we can learn from this is there are going to be many times in our lives when God is silent. There are going to be many times in our life when God doesn't reveal something to you. There's going to be many times in our lives when God is silent to your prayers. Although he is answering them, he just might be silent. You know the three answers. No, yes, and wait. The one we all love, wait. Sometimes God just doesn't reveal everything to us when we want to know. We're supposed to live by faith. We're supposed to walk by faith, not by sight. We must not get into the habit or the thought that we have to hear from God every day in some new or great revelation or miracle. Abraham went many years between the times he heard from God. And James says that Abraham was a friend of God. So if Abraham was considered God's friend and God only spoke to him sporadically, were his children 
And he continues to speak. But sometimes he speaks sporadically. Sometimes he doesn't speak on an ongoing basis. Look at the book of Acts. Look at all the miracles that happen in the book of Acts. Look at all the wonderful things that happen at the miracles. We get excited about the miracle of Acts. And we read through it and we go, yeah, I want to see that at our church. Did you know that the book of Acts spanned 38 years? We have it on so many pages in our Bible, and we think it was like every day of the week that these things were happening. The book of Acts spanned it 38 years. Listen to what one commentator said about this, and I liked it enough that I want to quote him tonight. Quote, God is interesting in developing us for eternity. To this end, he teaches us to walk by faith and not by sight. He wants us to develop discipline to praise him when we might not feel his presence, to study his word even though we might not experience fresh revelation. God wants to develop you for what he has in store for you, unquote. I like that. And I think this is why the Lord appeared to Solomon at this time. The work had been completed. Solomon had a task to do. What was Solomon's task? Ruling a nation. Solomon had to get back to the task at hand. He had to be king. He had to go back to work. All the excitement of building the temple, all the excitement of of doing the things that he wanted to do, but now he had to get back to work. And this is the toughest assignment called life, folks. And that's the toughest assignment. Believing during these times. Every mundane living day, day in, day out, going through the rigors of work, going through the rigors of school, going through the rigors of whatever, the ups, the downs, the sideways, whatever comes your way, everyday life. This is when true faith comes into play. This is where the rubber meets the road. It's easy to be close to the Lord when you're on a missions trip. Right, Lynn? Yeah. It's great to be close to the Lord when you're on a mission trip. You feel him at every move. You know he's there every time you make a move. You wake up and you can't wait to see what he's going to do. But guess what? Mission trips end. And you got to come home. It's great to be with the Lord when you're on a retreat. It's great to be with the Lord when you're even maybe on a Sunday morning or on a Saturday or on a Wednesday night when the Lord really speaks to your heart. It's a wonderful, terrific feeling, isn't it? And you can't beat it. It's great. At the nursing home, sometimes we, we, we get blown away by what the Lord is doing over there amongst these people. It's incredible. Maybe even during a trial or during affliction, the Lord shows up and he uses you mightily in the midst of that. I see this happening with Rene and Mark. I see the Lord using them mightily in the midst of this horrible affliction, using them incredibly to show God's love and to to increase God's word. But then all of a sudden there's a lull in the action. What then? What happens when you come down on the mountaintop? Does that mean we stop believing? No. We continue to believe. Solomon had to deal with life after completing what would be his greatest accomplishment, the temple. It was his greatest accomplishment. So now the Lord wants to encourage him, but he also wants to warn him of the dangers which lay ahead. Now, I like this about the Lord. We need to remember that God knows the big picture. God knows the big picture. We're confined to this continuum. We only see what's here. God knows the beginning. He knows the end. He knows the in-between. He knows everything. He knows the decision that even Solomon is going to make, even though he's going to tell them or tell him not to make these decisions. God knows your next move. 
He knows your next trial. He knows your next hurt, your next pain. He knows the next thing that's going to happen. He knows the next victory, praise God. He knows it all. He knows what lies ahead of Solomon. And he wants to prepare him now to make right choices. But to do this, he wants to speak to him. I love that. God chooses to speak to his children. God chooses to speak to those who follow him. Let's look at verses 3 and 4. And the Lord said to Solomon, I have heard your prayer and your supplication that you have made before me. I have consecrated this house which you have built to put my name there forever, and my eyes and my heart will be there perpetually. Now, if you walk before me as your father David walked in integrity of heart and in uprightness to do according to all that I have commanded you, and if you keep my statutes and my judgments. All right. So he's putting out this condition. Here comes this conditional response. This must be quite encouraging to Solomon when he hears this. The Lord heard his prayers. The Lord heard his prayers, and the Lord promises to do exactly what Solomon prayed for. Wow. Doesn't get much better than that. The Lord heard Solomon's prayers. He knows what Solomon wants, and he's going to do all he can. What does that tell us? It tells me that God's hear our prayers. God hears you when you call to him. God hears you when you come to him and talk to him honestly, openly. When you're not hiding something in your heart and you come to him and you explain it to him and you tell him these things. God does those things in your life. He assured Solomon that he would not only hear his prayer, but he would need to answer it. He would keep his eye on the house that Solomon built and dedicated. He would put ear towards the people's prayers. He would pray with that. Yes, Solomon had dedicated his beautiful house. But the Lord would now sanctify it and make it his own. Consecrate it. He would consecrate it, meaning he set it apart. Prepare it for holiness. He would make it holy. He would make it a holy place. His name was on the house. In fact, he came down into the house and went into the Holy of Holies as a huge cloud. He inhabited the house. He was watching. He would be listening, and his heart would always be there. Wow. That's a nice answered prayer, isn't it? You know the prayer of Solomon in 2 Chronicles 7. This very prayer that Solomon is praying. And the verse that we all look to in 2 Chronicles 7, verse 14, this is what God says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. The Lord promised to forgive his people when they sinned if they would only humble themselves and pray and seek his face and turn from their wicked ways. God has never made a covenant with any other nation except the nation Israel. There has been no other covenant made with any other nation. But since we are, who are Christians have been grafted in and are now the children of God who have been called by his name, we are a special people, as peculiar as we are, But now we can claim these promises as well. We can claim these promises as well. But I want to bring your attention to a very, very small word with a very, very large meaning. If. If. This one word makes this promise conditional. God is saying, if you do this, I'll do that. 
See the condition here? It's a conditional promise. The Lord tells Solomon his prayers are going to be answered. But then the Lord gets personal with Solomon. He gets extremely personal with Solomon. Look at four and five. Now, here we are. Look at the second word. Now, if you walk before me as your father David walked in integrity of heart and in uprightness to do according to all that I have commanded you. And if you keep my statutes and my judgments, then I will establish the throne of your kingdom over Israel forever. As I promised David, your father saying, you shall not fail to have a man on the throne of Israel. If you do this, Solomon, and your people do this, then I will do that. It is a conditional promise. God's answer to Solomon's prayer had a great condition upon it. If Solomon walked before God in obedience and faithfulness, he could expect a blessing in his reign. And the reign of his descendants and the dynasty of David would last forever. The Lord promised to establish Solomon's kingdom. If he walked before him with as much of integrity as his father David did. You're not going to question that? You're not going to say, integrity, David, I got two names for you, Bathsheba and Uriah. Adultery with Bathsheba, and he murdered her husband Uriah. And you're telling me he's a man of integrity? I have a hard time with that. But the scripture says, if you walk in the integrity of your heart, like your father David, what does that tell us? It tells us that David sinned greatly. It also tells us that David paid dearly for those sins that we studied all the way through 2 Samuel. But it also tells us that David's heart was turned towards where? God. His heart was always towards God. The idea of integrity carries with it the idea of blamelessness. It carries the idea of singleness, singleness of heart. David wasn't double-minded, nor was he double-hearted. He had one heart, and it was towards God. Yes, he sinned. Yes, he did. You might argue that this was, he was far from blameless, and I would say you're right. But his heart was always turned back to God. He had singleness of mind. He confessed his sin, and God forgave him. Notice that the Lord never mentions David's sin. He never mentions David's sin. He never mentions to Solomon saying, if you walk the way your father did, except for a few bumps and bruises, I will do this. He never even mentions David's sin. Never. And even though David paid dearly for his sins, he did not stop worshiping the Lord. He did not stop serving the Lord. And he did not stop seeking the Lord. David's heart was always towards the Lord God. For God to say to David about David, he was a man after my own heart. God always looks upon the heart. God knows the hearts of man. You may be failing constantly. I fail every day. Sometimes twice a day. If I fail twice a day, I had a good day. Sometimes more than that. You may be struggling with a certain sin in your life. Where's your heart? Is your heart towards God? Or are you seeking deliverance from this problem through God? Are you confessing to God, I have this problem, Lord? As we discuss the man on Sunday when he says, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Are you confessing and being open to God? Lord, I really messed up. I need your help. Something in me can't control this. I don't know what to do. Help me, please. Give me the power through your Holy Spirit to do this. Or are you looking for false gods? Money. Fame. 
drugs, alcohol. Are you looking to supplant something into this? That's false. Seek God with your whole heart and let nothing come between you and him. Seek him completely. Remember, I told you that at this time in Solomon's life, he was closer than ever before to God. At this time in Solomon's life, he was closer than ever before to God. And after this time, he would start to slide away from God. And the rest of his life would be sliding away from God. He's the closest he can possibly get to God right now. We need to point out another thing. Another thing that we need to point out many, many times throughout Scripture, warnings come to us. God gives us warnings throughout Scripture, through his word. Or you might be listening to a message and all of a sudden a warning comes. And quite often when God speaks this way, we immediately think, oh, he's not speaking to me. That's got to be for somebody else. There's no way he's trying to speak to me about this thing. I don't have this problem. This is one area where I just don't have a problem. But in reality, whenever God speaks to you about any area in your life, you need to listen real carefully. You need to really pay attention to him. When he talks about some issue in your life, you can be sure that that issue is going to come up down the pike. That issue is going to rear its ugly head down the road someplace, and you're going to have to deal with it. Here's Solomon on the mountaintop. He just finished this gorgeous, beautiful building for the Lord. He just finished this opulent palace for himself. And he's on a mountaintop. He's had a wonderful time. The Lord provided everything. He has served the Lord. He's really, really enjoying himself. He dedicated Remember the dedication of the temple? What an experience. Hundreds of thousands of, of, of sacrifices. Remember we talked about it was the greatest barbecue ever. It was a great time. They, they sacrificed and burnt all these animals. And they had a wonderful feast. Everybody was rejoicing and praising Jehovah. It was a glorious time of worship and exaltation. Now the Lord comes and says, Solomon, I've heard your prayers. And I'm going to answer to you. Solomon, I need to talk to you. Solomon, if you follow my way and keep my commandments, if you keep my statutes, then I'm going to establish your throne. But if you forsake me and you start to worship other gods, I'm sure at this point Solomon said, no, no, Lord, that's not me. Surely you're talking about somebody else. God knew the very thing that Solomon was going to fail at. God knew what was going to happen in Solomon's life. All the way through the scriptures, it's interesting to see how the Lord seems to warn people in those areas which he knows they are weak, in those areas he knows which they will fail and which they will fall. He knows those areas that are going to be tested and tried further down the road. When God answered Solomon's prayer in 1 Kings 8, it was not an unqualified promise to bless the temple in any circumstances. There was a condition on it. God blessed the temple and filled it with his glory, his presence, but he would cast it out of his sight if the kings of Israel forsook the Lord. And he does this down the pike. Remember the glory of the Lord leaves. Why would the kings of Israel forsake the Lord after all he had done? You are This has been another edition of A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave. Thanks for tuning in. Throughout the book of 1 Kings, we read about rulers who had victories and rulers who failed miserably. King Solomon, known as the wisest king, made his own fair share of mistakes in his life. In fact, in his later years, he began to put his faith in wealth and women rather than wisdom of the Lord. How often do we do that? How often do we put our faith in the worldly things rather than in the Word of God? 
If you have some questions about what you heard today, we'd be happy to try to answer these questions or pray with you about what's weighing on your heart. Please don't hesitate to call us at 609-884-5821. Again, that number is 609-884-5821. Keep looking to Scripture for answers and know that we care about the journey you're on. We're so glad you tuned in to Assure Hope today. You can hear more messages like this one from Pastor Dave at our website. Just click on the Messages tab when you visit AssureHopeRadio.com. We'd love to meet you, too. Each Sunday, we gather at 8.30 and 10.30 a.m., and you can find directions and more about Calvary Chapel Cape May by visiting AssureHopeRadio.com. You'll also find us on Facebook and YouTube. Links for both are at AssureHopeRadio.com. There's more to learn from the book of 1 Kings next time, so be sure to join us again right here on Assure Hope.